See all of you out tonight. We're glad that you're here with us. Our lesson for tonight continues our one word series. And tonight's word is suffering. And I tried to pick out some songs that would kind of go with that theme. And I think the, the songs that we sang tonight do kind of uh, give light to some of the things that we have been discussing in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we thought about prayer. That's part of our lesson for tonight. And and uh, certainly counting our blessings. In the midst of struggle and in the midst of strife, it is good for us to count our blessings always. What might you be suffering through right now? I don't know. But most of us suffer through different things at different times in our lives. Maybe it's loss. Maybe it's loss of a job. Maybe it's the loss of a family member or a very close friend or a loss of some kind of property, something that, that was in your possession, maybe something that meant a lot to you. But oftentimes throughout life we do suffer loss. Maybe it's illness or disease. Maybe it's something of that nature. We hear a lot of people that are suffering from cancer and, and things of that nature. Uh, depression. Uh, we just spent uh, several weeks in our school of preaching classes discussing depression and how to overcome it. Maybe it's something that you are suffering with alone, maybe internally because you're afraid to tell others about it. Uh, maybe it's something that, that has led to worry. We talked about worry last week and worry is something that, that we all go through at different times. Maybe it's a, a wrong that you have yet to right between you and someone else or maybe between you and God. Maybe you're in need of forgiveness and maybe that's something that, that weighs heavily on you. Uh, maybe it's, it's something more along the lines of, of some great disaster. Uh, we can think of, of times in our lives and especially as a nation where we have suffered some great disasters and and those things cause us a great deal of suffering. Living involves suffering. We may not always understand the reason for our suffering. Scripture reminds us that our trials serve to make us stronger. as according to James chapter 1 verses 2 and 3. But that's not always easy to hear in the middle of those trials. Uh, one of the things that, that's what we talked about today at the nursing home, we talked about facing trials and how the various trials that we face, uh, they, they help us to grow in our patience. Patience with God, patience with others, uh, patience in the midst of those trials. When we are going through these trials, is it okay to talk to God about it? Or do we think that, that he will just see it as complaining? Now, those are some things that, that come across our minds. And that's some of what we'll address tonight in our lesson. Our lesson objectives tonight are first of all, learning how to deal with suffering. Secondly, learning how to pray during our suffering. And thirdly, learning even how to praise during our suffering. Our text for tonight is Psalm 13. That was also our scripture reading. And that's going to be our lesson text for tonight. We're going to follow along very closely with the few verses that are here. 
Psalm 13 was written by David, and there's a lot of David in this lesson, even outside of this psalm. But we learn some different things about suffering from Psalm 13. I'm going to break it down into three different sections, the first of which is problems. Problems addressed in Psalm 13, beginning with verse 1. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? As we look at the beginning of this psalm, we see it as, as sort of a psalm of desperation. We all have problems at some point in life. Or you may be in denial. And David the psalmist expresses his feelings of neglect to God. David was a man after God's own heart. We read that in Acts 13 and verse 22. Uh, we see throughout his life he had a very close relationship with God. Now there were times where he fell away from that faithfulness to God. He did commit some great sins. But overall, he was known as a man after God's own heart. Now here's a man after God's own heart saying, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? It's hard to imagine those words coming from a man such as David. What I learned from, from these two verses is an answer to a question. Is it okay to be honest with God? I believe that we learn from psalms such as this that the answer to that is yes. It is okay to be honest with God. As a matter of fact, we find throughout Scripture that many of the Psalms express feelings of hurt and neglect. But they almost always, if not always, turn to praise by the end. Turn with me to Lamentations chapter 3. I want to look at a few verses here. Lamentations chapter 3. Let's begin at verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. Do those words sound familiar? They're also the words of a song that we sing. A song that is in our songbook. As a matter of fact, probably a couple of different songs that use these lines. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. As we sing that song, it's a song that we sing out of joy. A song that we sing in assurance of God's forbearance with us as Christians. Uh, an assurance of His faithfulness. 
But if you look at the chapter, if you look at the context of the passage, we see that there are also some very deep feelings that are expressed that are not necessarily feelings of comfort and assurance. Let's begin at, at Lamentations 3 and verse 1. Lamentations 3 verse 1. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. This is speaking of God. He has aged my flesh and my skin and broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. He has hedged me in so that I cannot get out. He has made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, He shuts out my prayer. Verse 12. He has bent His bow and set me up as a target for the arrow. He has caused the arrows of His quiver to pierce my loins. I have become the ridicule of all my people. Their taunting song all the day. Verse 16. He has also broken my teeth with gravel. And covered me with ashes. You have moved my soul far from peace. I have forgotten prosperity. And I said my strength and my hope have perished from the Lord. Remember my affliction and roaming. The wormwood of the gall my soul still remembers and sinks within me. This I recall to my mind. Therefore I have hope. And then we read the words of verse 22. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in Him. These are words of sorrow and bitterness for the most part from what we read in chapter 3. And yet these words of sorrow and bitterness turn to words of hope and assurance in Him. Oh, there's nothing that, at least nothing that I can think of that, that really tells us specifically that God wants to know our sufferings. I believe that He does. From the Psalms and from different other passages that we find, I believe that He wants us to be honest with Him in what we are going through. He wants us to find hope in the midst of our struggle. Look at the words of Job. In Job 13 and verses 14 through 16. Job 13 verse 14. Why do I take my flesh in my teeth and put my life in my hands though He slay me? Yet will I trust Him. Even so, I will defend my own ways before Him. He also shall be my salvation for a hypocrite could not come before Him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. 
Job was very honest. We read in the words of David, uh, again the psalmist, 2 Samuel chapter 15, verses 25 and 26. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and show me both it and his dwelling place. But if he says thus, I have no delight in you, here I am. Let him do to me as seems good to him. In David's census in 2 Samuel 24 and verse 10, it says, And David's heart condemned, condemned him after he had numbered the people. And if you go through the context of chapter 24, we find that, that he had called for a census. Now there were times, we, we discussed this in our school of preaching classes not too long ago. And he had called for a census. There had been times in Scripture when God had told His people to call for a census. Uh, Moses, I believe, was one of the, the examples in the book of Numbers. But this time David had called for a census and it wasn't because it was the will of God. And we see because he had called this census that his heart condemned, condemned him because he had numbered the people. And David said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly in what I have done. But now I pray, O Lord, take away the iniquity of your servant, for I have done very foolishly. He was given three choices, famine, sword, or plague. And in verse 14, David said to Gad, I am in great distress. Please let us fall into the hand of the Lord. For his mercies are great. But do not let me fall into the hand of men. We see an example such as this that there was great suffering and yet there was trust in God. Jesus in his garden prayer was able to pray, not my will but yours be done. Luke 22 and verse 42. Jesus was very honest with God. And he trusted in God. He trusted in His will. And He was willing to do His will, even when it was something that was against His own. So, it's okay to bring our problems to God. We know that God knows everything that we're going through. God knows our troubles. And He wants to hear from us honestly. He wants to know what we are feeling. And when we express these, we also learn that, that we need to pray. We need to pray to God. Let's go back to Psalm 13. Pick up with verse 3. Psalm 13 and verse 3. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. 
It is, it is right that we pray that God will hear and listen to us in our time of need. And that He will help us and guide us through our problems. Look for a moment with me at James chapter 5. Let's look at verses 13 through 18. James 5 and verse 13. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing songs. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another. And pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. The emphasis of James 5 in these few verses is prayer. We don't so much practice the anointing of oil today. But prayer is the main portion of this passage. Prayer, a prayer of faith, will save the sick. If he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Prayer, prayer is a key to the life. Of a Christian. It is right for us to ask that God enlighten our eyes to His will. May we seek His will in the midst of our sufferings, trusting in His plan for us. In Matthew 6 and verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added. To you. I don't know that that's exactly what David meant by the word enlightened, but it is a good reminder that we need to look to God and again trust His plan for us. And in the midst of your suffering, while you're being honest with God, and while you are praying that He will hear you and that He will answer your prayer. Praise Him. Praise Him. Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because He has dealt bountifully with me. In the midst of our troubles, it is important that we keep looking to God. Always looking to God. First of all, by looking ahead. Looking ahead to what God will do for us. 
And we can't see. We, we don't know what God is going to do. We don't know how He's going to answer our prayers. Maybe it's in the way that, that we think He should. Maybe it's not. I think most of the time it's not. But we are always looking ahead to what God will do for us. That's with the expectation that God will do something. That He will answer our prayer in one way or another. Number two, looking up. Looking up in appreciation for what God has done for us. And looking back. Recognizing God's guidance and help in our past. With faith in what He can do. Looking ahead, looking up, and looking back. My favorite verse, 2 Corinthians 5, and verse 7, For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's truly the life of a Christian. We are walking by faith. We can't see what God is going to do for us. We can't see His will for us. But we continue walking by faith. It is our faith in God that helps us to praise Him. While we suffer. David. Again we turn to David. Because of his sin. And we know his sins. You look at 2 Samuel chapter 11. And we understand that David committed the sin of adultery. He went on his roof. Saw a beautiful woman and lusted for her. Even though she was the wife of another and committed adultery with her. She conceived a child, and when he learned of that, he brought her husband home, thinking he would go to his home, and that the child would be seen as his. And when he would not go home, David sent him back and into the front line of battle to be killed. David committed a, a great number of sins in all of this, and because of his sins, as, as a consequence, he was told by Nathan, the prophet, that the child conceived in sin would die. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, beginning with verse 19, we read, When David saw that his servants were whispering, David perceived that the child was dead. Therefore David said to his servants, Is the child dead? And they said, He is dead. So David arose from the ground, washed and anointed himself and changed his clothes. And he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. David faced many consequences throughout the remainder of his life because of what he had done. And I believe those consequences extended beyond this immediate uh, thing that we read here. But even in his family, his family life was troubled from that point on with his sons and, and everything that happened with them. But even so, he was able to trust God and even praise Him for His greatness and His kindnesses toward him. And even in the end of his life, we're reminded of what we looked at earlier, that he was known as a man after God's own heart. 
And we should be of the same heart and spirit in the midst of our own sufferings. We need to have a heart and spirit of praise. One more example, Job. Job is probably one of the best examples of suffering in that he lost pretty much everything that he had, including his own children, his wealth, his property. He lost a great number of things, and even a little later on, his physical health. But in Job 1, verses 20 and 21, we read that Job arose, tore his robe and shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped, and he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You think those words were easy for Job to say? I would dare say that they were not. He lost everything. How would you feel if you had lost your children? And yet, he was able to say, Blessed be the name of the Lord. So in the midst of your suffering, be honest with God. Speak to Him. He wants to know how you feel. He cares for you. He loves you. So much that He's willing to give His Son to die for you. Pray. Prayer should always be a part of our lives. It should be something that, that we lean on. It's not a crutch. But it's an avenue in which we can talk to God and express what we want Him to do for us. And again... Our prayers may not be answered in the way that we think that they should be. But still pray. Knowing that God knows what is best for us all. And praise Him. In the midst of your sufferings, count your blessings. What better song could we have sung tonight? Count your blessings. Sometimes it's not easy to see all of our blessings. Sometimes... They seem so far in the distance. But in the midst of your sufferings, if you'll start counting the blessings that you have, I think you'll find that you have more than you realized. Praise God for everything that He has done for you, for everything that He has given. Again, God loves us. And... He was even willing to make what we would refer to as the ultimate sacrifice on our behalf. He sent Jesus into this world. And in sending Jesus to the world, he sent him into a great number of, of things that we've been studying about on Sunday mornings. He sent him into a world of temptation and, and pleasure and, and hardship. And Jesus went through all of that. And even when he came to the end of his life, he was faced with a cross and crucifixion. 
And again, he prayed that prayer, not my will, but thine be done. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But Jesus went to that cross and he died for the sins of man. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus taught us in his life how to deal with sufferings to a great degree. All because he loved us. Are you a child of God? Are you a, a part of his kingdom? Is heaven awaiting you at the end of this line? If we're not faithful, we know that that's not the case. But we must be faithful children. Maybe it is that you've not obeyed the gospel. We learn how to do that in Scripture by faith and confessing that faith. Repentance and baptism for the remission of sins as we read in Acts 2.38. And if you've not remained faithful, maybe you need to return. Maybe you need to come back. Simon sinned in Acts chapter 8 and yet we are told that he was told that he needed to repent. And maybe it is that you need to repent. Maybe you need to come back. Rededicate your life to him. Or maybe you need to ask for prayer for forgiveness for something that you've done. But whatever your need is tonight, we always offer the invitation. And tonight is no different. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation in any way, then we would ask you to come as together we stand. And as